Bali Insiders podcast. Salamat datang. I'm Emma. I'm Carly. And we're here to bring you the insider tips on what's really happening on the world's favorite island. Expect chats with Bali's movers and shakers and people doing amazing things on our beautiful island home. We can't wait to bring you today's episode, so let's go. This episode is brought to you by Grab App, your one-stop app for transport, food delivery and shopping. Download it before your next trip to Bali to save you time and money. And we are back, back. after a, a super long <laughs> a super long hiatus. <laughs> We're finally back. There is good reason for our absence. Em had to move countries from Australia to Bali with twins <laughs> in tow. So it's taken us uh, a little while to um, to get Emma settled and, and get back to the podcast. Welcome back, Thank Emma. Thank you. Thanks, Carls. It's so good to be back. It's great to be back on the potty and great to be back in Bali, finally, after n- almost two and a half very long years. Um, but we're here. Um, and I can't believe we haven't even seen each other in person yet. <laughs> That's how crazy it's been. I know. It's... <laughs> That's how crazy it's been. So Em's been back in Bali for four weeks now and we literally have not seen each other in person. We've spoken on the phone and and stuff, but we've not seen each other in person because, well, for me, work just blew up crazy, very busy with the reopening of Bali. And, of course, Emma, you've had Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I forgot how um, life. How hectic it can be to reset up your life here, but amazing at the same time. But we're we're there now, and yeah, obviously with you know everything opening pretty quickly, it, it's just gone boom, hasn't it? And for you, just being so so it, busy and and everything coming back, it's definitely definitely gone boom. But we're definitely going to fix up the not seeing each other in person with a with a long ladies lunch being booked in. Very soon. Now that you're going to have your nanny starting in your house and everything. (laughs) And so what we thought would be the perfect episode, because we see all your messages on the socials, we're getting back to you. We know there's a few of you we haven't got back to yet, but everybody's asking about what it's like to get back to Bali, what the process is like, what to expect when you get back. And we thought, what I mean, for me, I've been here for the last two years, so sometimes may not be surprising to me. But for you, Em, when you left, Bali was in its yep. peak mm-hmm. period. It was just before COVID was even a, a mm-hmm. thing here. And now you've come back post-COVID. So you're the one in the hot seat today. <laughs> I'm going to be throwing at you the questions we've got about returning back to Bali and to see it through your eyes and what you found different and the changes. So you are our Love guest it. today, Emma. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the potty, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with, let's rewind it back. Let's start with, and some of the rules from when you came yeah. have changed now. So we'll more so talk about what the rules are right now. But the getting getting ready to come to Bali, the booking of the flights, finding travel insurance, all of that. What was that process like for you? Yeah, look, I mean, it was, and as you said, it's changed again now, but in terms of getting ready um, and prepared, it's just about doing the research. I guess there's a lot of 
resources there now that are quite handy and they're being updated regularly. So just being across those in terms of the the, the changes and the updates. For us, you know, booking flights was fine. We were waiting until Jetstar started flying again direct just because we didn't want to have to go via anywhere else with the boys. So that was pretty straightforward. What else? Travel insurance, just doing research and making sure that everything's covered in terms of the requirements for getting into Bali. So when we left, we just had to have the minimum of, um, I think it was 25,000 US COVID cover. Which pretty much, so people have, I've had a lot of messages on Bali that is about this. People are freaking out, thinking that travel insurance won't cover COVID, but pretty much every travel insurance now has a COVID yeah. um, that they're covering COVID. So that's definitely nothing to get No, not at about. all. And just, I mean, just read the, the fine print and the T's and C's. Do you, I just chose the three that I am familiar with and I actually emailed them and got them to write, send back in writing exactly what's covered. So I have yep. that as a backup. Yeah. But, yeah, prices aren't, aren't extraordinary. Um, it's, yeah, it was that was pretty easy. I think probably just making sure that we had all the um, requirements for the airlines ticked off, that was probably the yep. most not stressful, but just the most detailed thing that we had to do because obviously booking flights and, and different, different from yeah. yeah, different from pre pre COVID times because they were things you didn't need. Mm. So as it stands at the moment, there's a whole lot of countries on the visa on arrival yeah. now, which is different to what people might have used to remember, which was the free entry where you came in and you didn't pay yeah. anything. Now you come in and you you have to pay. 500,000 rupiah, which is pretty much the equivalent of $50 AUD. You can pay on a card or you can pay in cash. But what you would have had to do and what's still in place now for all visitors is to take a PCR test no earlier than 48 hours prior prior to your Mm. departure. So where where did you do that? So we decided to do that at Melbourne Airport the kind of evening before we left. So just purely for logistics for us personally because we had two little kids. We were on an early flight out the next morning. We stayed out at the airport, went over and did our PCR tests at Melbourne Airport. It was really straightforward. It was $79 per person. We pre-booked it, so we just literally turned up, showed them the QR code, walked in, did the test, and it was done. And we had our results within 90 minutes yeah, so that's Histopath, right, is the, yes. the company. So that's the same one. So my mum has been over and that's the same company she used at Sydney Airport. So you don't have to do it the no. night before. You can just turn up earlier for your flight. But the big tip is to jump online and pay for it and book your day because you can just turn up and get tested there, but you have to line well, we up. Well, we couldn't if actually you pay that you, you don't the line. book the day. You still just turned up. So it was just easier that it was prepaid. Oh, so mums, I had to write the date. Yeah, we did the date. Online. I had to put in. But it didn't the, matter. But not the time. <laughs> it was a bit of a oh, Bali. Okay. <laughs> it was a bit of a like getting us ready to get back to Bali. <laughs> did they make you line up at yeah. Melbourne Airport yeah. still? But the line wasn't huge. Oh, it so, wasn't. so at Sydney it's definitely yeah. different. At Sydney if you've prepaid, there's a line where the prepaid people go through and there's a line where the people who haven't prepaid Oh, right, through. no. 
That was so, different for us. <laughs> to be honest, it wasn't a long wait anyway. I was I was expecting to be in a queue for ages and I was like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. But it wasn't. It was very efficient. It was quick. The results were back within, you know, an hour probably. And so I would just, depending yeah. on your circumstances with the travel, just work that out prior what's going to be easier. I wouldn't leave it to the last minute because you never know what's going to happen. And so there's no testing once you get to Bali. Yeah which you would have had to do. You had to do the test when you got to Bali. But now there's nothing once you get to Bali. But at this moment, hopefully it's gone soon, but at this moment you still need the PCR test no earlier than 48 hours. But I think the airlines are getting a lot better at it now too. Like, well, not the airlines, it's the histopath and things. They're getting a lot quicker with it as well. So then checking in. Checking in, was anything different checking in for an international Um, flight? Besides showing the PCR? Yeah, so obviously they asked for a bit more documentation and obviously we were coming over on our kitas as well. So there was a a little bit more information that they required and also just our checking in was ridiculous because we had 150 kilos of luggage. (laughs) So that was probably (laughs) the biggest stress. But, yeah, you just need to show, you needed to show at that point in time, yeah, your PCR test, yeah, your visa requirements, your travel insurance. And, yeah, Yeah. it it was, again, pretty straightforward. I found that with Jetstar, I've seen some complaints around it, but I found that they were very across everything that was required. So there wasn't confusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a pretty, if if we were were easier to deal with, then it would have been a really seamless process. <laughs> this quick, yeah, you had yeah. all the luggage and stuff. But something that I've found that people are getting a little confused with is if you're coming over on the visa mm. on arrival where you pay the the 500k, you need to be able to show a return, or not a return flight, out. but a flight yes. out. Otherwise, they won't let you check on the plane. And everybody check your passports. You need to have at least six months from the day you leave your country, um, your country, or leave yep. Australia, your country yep. from your passport. If you don't have that, they will not yep. let you on. Absolutely, the and yeah, my my so my mum came with us, and she came in on a VOA, and yeah, that was yep. the same process. But again, she was prepared; she had everything, and it was and it was fine. And flying, what was flying like? Masks, masks on. Yeah, masks flight? on. All the all the. I guess standard procedures that you would expect, and it, I mean the. the the kids did no. they have to wear so masks? So our kids are too little. Some kids had masks on, but no, the kids didn't have to wear masks. All the adults obviously had masks on, and food and drink was a normal yep. food and drink. Normal. Services? It was a normal flight. Yeah, it felt like a normal flight just with masks. Yep. It was actually full. Yeah, the flight. We were hoping that it wouldn't oh. be, but it was a full. You're hoping yeah, you'd get we like yes, <laughs> get in early get, enough for all the get, seats. <laughs> three aisles but no it was it was a full flight didn't happen so <laughs> yep and then so landing in bali whiffing oh, in the incense once it was you heaven <laughs> once you land what what was it like what was it like like did it just feel like home did it feel different what was the airport experience so like? it just yeah that moment you land i actually obviously you know flying in and just before you land and seeing you know, all the, the roofs and everything, I, I got quite emotional and just, and also, you know, bringing the boys back and it's been a long time coming. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I was quite emotional coming in, landing. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. Like 
you know, you get the, the, the smell and the heat and it's, yeah, it's all still the same. And then obviously the the process in terms of all the logistics and the and the testing and stuff that that was probably the biggest change. And yeah. but you know in COVID times that's what we expect. And I I actually think Bali have done an amazing job. It was it was quite easy, really. So it felt quite organised. Yeah, extremely um, organised. There was always people there to kind of guide you on, you know, which way you needed to go. We had pre-booked everything we could for arrival as well. So we had everything ready yeah. to go. All the apps were downloaded and updated. So as long as you're prepared and you're aware of what you have to do, then I think it's a seamless process. I think where you where you yeah, yeah, so come it's... into trouble is if you haven't done your research and you kind of get a bit of a shock because, you know, at that time. Yeah, you don't have a required yeah, document or you or don't have your travel downloaded. insurance or your passport's expired. Yeah, yeah but yeah. everything else was, yeah, yeah. it was really seamless. Even for people, you know, m- my mum, couldn't pay for you know one of the one of the documents or you know prepay for something and it was very easy she could just do it on her card at the desk it was really easy at the at airport the, yeah. yeah okay so we're super modern yeah. we're super modern there so then you're out of the airport and you're on the streets of Bali what like what was that like for you what were the big things like that you noticed where did you go first? You went to Jimbaran we first, went, didn't you, for your first We went down to Nusa Dua. So when we originally booked, the three-night quarantine was still in place. Or not quarantine, sorry, but you had to stay at a at a hotel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, is not a thing no. anymore. You do not need to show any of your hotel bookings when you come over here anymore. You can stay yeah. wherever you want with friends or whatever. But, yeah, when you came. Yeah, so when we came. That was well, the requirement. In the end, by the time. When we booked, it was the requirement. By the time we got here, it wasn't a requirement. So <laughs> it wasn't required anymore. It's <laughs> kind yeah. of like everything in this whole process. So, but we had booked it and we were like, that's fine. You know, we haven't had a holiday in two years. Let's just go down, enjoy staying in a resort. So we went down and stayed in Nusa Dua for the three nights, four days, or whatever it was. Big, I mean, we, we knew that it would be quieter, but yeah. it was really quiet. Nusa Dua was really quiet. A lot of shops closed. The beaches were really quiet. You know, a lot of the hotels were quiet. So I think that was that was just a real eye opener as to where things were at. Because you hadn't seen no, that yet. No, no. And, and I mean, the last time that I was down in Nusa Dua, we were doing a huge conference for, you know, nearly a thousand people we, it was packed, it was busy, there was traffic, it was, you know, hustling, bustling Bali. So to see it that way was, I mean, in some ways it's really beautiful because it's, you know, it's quiet and it's relaxing yeah. and it's lovely, but also, yeah, just a little bit of a shock, I guess. But your accommodation, your hotel, what was that experience like? Like being in the hotel, like could you still get all the food you wanted and what was the hotel y- y- like the upkeep. Yeah, so the hotel was having maintenance done at the time and one of the biggest things we noticed is that there was actually families living within the hotel. So they'd potentially have you know, were stranded and they were living living there. So there were lots of families, which was actually good because it 
gave it a bit of a vibe. The hotel itself, like a lot of the restaurants were closed. They had just like their one or two main ones open. And I mean, we could, we could still get room service. We could still go down to the pool. Like you could still use all the facilities, but yeah, it was, it was quiet. Mm, It was quieter. mm. And then after you've been at the hotel, then you make your way to, did you go to Chengdu? Yeah, so we came, we were actually really lucky. We stayed in one of our gorgeous friends' villas for a couple of weeks while they were back in Australia. So we came back up to Umalas and then, and that was a shock again because we've gone from really quiet and coming back up to kind of Umalas Brawa <laughs> Changu, which is full on. <laughs> Insane. <It is> back. <laughs> I don't know if it ever went, but it is so busy. Yeah. So I think that's the shocking thing, right? Is that different areas you can be in at the moment are completely different. different vibes like exactly right like I dread the thought one of the reasons we haven't (laughs) seen each other is because I like I can't if I go over to Changu I'm going to be in traffic oh yeah it's a day trip for you to get over to Changu at the moment yeah so yeah that yeah because it's totally pumping it's it's busy I mean coming through um Seminyak was you know you kind of look for all you know, the places that are familiar and that you recognise. And there's still a lot that are that are open, but there are some that have closed, which naturally like everywhere, that's what's happened. You know, me being from Melbourne, yeah. like you can walk down Chapel Street and half the shops are closed. So it's not an unusual yeah. sight. But yeah, if you're coming back yeah. to think that, you know, everything is exactly the same and all the same shops are there, like that's, and, and restaurants and things that has yeah. changed. But even since being here, a lot have opened up again. Yeah. So, you know, things come back quickly. So that's the next that's the next phase is you've been here during the four weeks where the most has changed in the last four weeks. Like that's been the quickest period of change in, in the last four weeks yeah. because literally I know every day when I wake up, there's either a new sign up in my street or a new message on Instagram going, hey, yeah. we're reopening, hey, mm. we're reopening, hey, we're reopening. And the last four weeks it's been like a complete, like every day there's three or four more places saying yeah. reopen, You reopen, can really reopen. feel it, can't you? You can feel the, it's got like a vibe in the air. There's this like almost excitement yeah. and, yeah, this, it's almost like a bit of a rebirth in some ways. Like there's, you know, there's a lot happening and a lot, opening and you can really feel the vibe especially down here so where we've finally moved back into our place in or into a place in Brower and it is it's just pumping around here there's new restaurants there's new day clubs there's so much going on and so that was my next question is about the new things like what have you what's really stood out to you that's new since you left that wasn't here before you came well I think like personally I mean we've always as we've discussed on the podcast in the past like we've always lived in Brawa and it's been our special little spot and it's it's almost been like this tiny little undiscovered pocket that we that's why we've really loved it and for those people who don't really understand like People call Chengdu Chengdu, but Chengdu is actually made up of a lot mm. of littler areas. And so Brawa is the first one you come to past sem- what most people know as Seminyak. Yes. So, um, so landmarks, I guess, within Brawa 
would be, you know, like Milk and Madhu, Finn's Beach Club. Finn's um, Beach Club. They're yep. kind of, that. that's that little pocket, that little area there. And yep. it is bananas, like how the traffic's changed, the amount of restaurants that have opened, you know, even that big day club down, there's two day clubs down on Brower Beach now and Holy Wings is about to open. So it's just, it's just gone nuts. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've noticed just, yeah, the. Is that it's not your quiet little pocket anymore. No, (laughs) no. Yeah, it's fun. And have you gone all the way out? So Changu, you basically have Brawa and then you have, you know, Butterbelong, the Echo Beach area, and then you have another area called Perenanen. Have you been out no, that far yet? No, we haven't, which is so surprising because we actually used to live out there and, you know, with all the yeah. the development and everything that's happening out there, I'm so surprised we haven't, but we've just been so bogged down with trying to get everything set up that we haven't really had a chance, but we are planning on going out this weekend, so I'm really excited to see what's going on. Because you're going to be shocked when Mm. you go out there because that's like a whole new community out there with all the new venues um, and restaurants and shops that have opened out at Prennanen as well. Yeah. So that's definitely a big change. So the biggest things for you coming back is obviously you had to – to find a house. So tell us about getting back here and having to find somewhere to live again because your lease expired while you're away. So obviously you're not going to renew it. You're living in Australia during Mm -hmm. that time. I think all of your belongings went into storage, (laughs) didn't it? (laughs) Went into multiple storages. (laughs) And so then you come back here and you have to start looking for a long-term rental again, which, you know, before Bali had flights coming in, Literally, that's why people are living in hotels. It was so affordable to even live in somewhere like a hotel long term Mm. because everybody was offering long stay rates and long term rates, you know, year contracts, six month contracts, etc. But you came back at a time where literally (laughs) Bali was just reopening. So what was that like for you to try and find somewhere to, to live? Well, you know, I've done it before. And I think I must have erased it from my mind. <laughs> because <laughs> You also didn't have two kids last I, time. But it's, you know, as with a lot of these things in Bali, it's not as straightforward as it would be back in Australia or, or in any country, I imagine. So, you know, there's a lot of searching through Facebook pages and talking to agents and viewings and driving around and seeing properties that the photos are of a brand new villa and you get there and it's so run down, you couldn't even cook an omelette on the stove. So <laughs> there's a lot of time wasting, which can be really frustrating. The biggest thing for me that I found, you know, obviously our requirements have changed since we were here last. So, you know, expressing those to agents and trying to get something that met all of our requirements took a lot longer, but the prices was the biggest shock. I cannot believe the the prices, particularly where we were looking, of villas. They I'm going to say it, they were ridiculous. It's gone through the roof. Yeah. I feel like it's leveling out a little bit now, but at that, at the, at the, you know, in the last four weeks, I think 
at that peak time while you were there at just reopening. So I think a lot of people were moving over at yeah, that I time. Yeah, I feel like everybody, you know, like that had left, a lot of people were coming back. So there was this surge of people needing villas. There was So there was a need and there wasn't a lot on the market because I think so many places were long-termed out from Yeah, COVID. and or people wanting to get back to daily rentals because tourists were Yeah, and out. also there was an undersupply, I feel. So, you know, there I kept yep. seeing the same the same villas, but in terms of there's a huge amount of villas out there that are going to come on the market, but they haven't kind of got themselves ready yet. So there's maintenance happening and stuff. So they will start to come on the market. But right in that four-week period when we were looking, there was nothing. So it was like almost like a cat fight to try and get these villas. So you've been negotiating. And- <laughs> Which is another reason. <laughs> Which is another reason we haven't yes. recorded yet because you were spending lots of days, you know, running around looking mm. at villas and trying to trying to secure yourself yeah. at home. But it's a, it's a time-consuming process anyway. So if you are thinking about coming yeah. over or moving here for a longer period of time, yeah, just be prepared for that. It, it, either way, regardless of the price, it's a time-consuming process to find it, find the right place. Yes. So, yes. Um, when we were moving over, I was like, the agent we were using, you know, this is my list of requirements. And I was very specific. Like I wanted three or more bedrooms. I wanted a pool. I had a map and I circled the area in the map and I was like, nothing outside of this area. I want it to have, everything must be fully enclosed. You know, I'm not doing open air living with kids, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, do not show me a property that does not tick every single one of these boxes. And the agent was quite good. But you know, then we still like go and look at this one place which was excellent except the third bedroom wasn't attached to the main house and I was like and they're like but it's closed and I was like no 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 (laughs) remember I said I only want to be able to lock the front and the back door and all bedroom doors should be able to remain open yes yes this doesn't work (laughs) or they then find like the perfect one and they bring it to they you know they present it to you and then they go Oh, but it's $50,000 a year. And you're like, I'm um, pretty sure that wasn't my budget. Thanks. But, and you get really excited. You're like, this is perfect. It ticks all the boxes. You're like, we found it. It's I'm it. Like, Jules, yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is quite a process. I'm glad, you know, we've got our, where we live locked in for the next 10 years. I'm glad we don't need oh, to. Oh, I was um, thinking about you during this whole process and, and I was so that. envious. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I wish I could lock this in for 10 years and I never have to do this again. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so good. Like when I was, you were telling me, I was like, oh, thank goodness we don't need to worry about this, this for yeah. a while. So next question is, you left here as a couple. You've come back as a family mm. of four, the nice quick <laughs> twin drop. What <laughs> What are the biggest changes for you being in Bali with kids as opposed to being in Bali without kids? So I think, and we're still learning that, but just the freedom, I would say, you know, before, and I took it for granted so much, like, just being able to jump on the bike and... As all people do uh, yeah, before they have kids. It's <laughs> <laughs> my whole life. Yeah, probably, yeah, just just that kind of unconditional freedom of just being like, 
I'm going to jump on the bike and go and do this or because, I mean, we have decided, my husband and I, that we're not going to put the boys on the bike just, you know, for a lot of reasons and everyone has different choices but we have decided not to, which means that everywhere we go with the boys, they have to go, we have to have a car, which we're really lucky. And do you have your own car or do you No, have a so we at what, this point or do you just use apps? No, we have a driver. We, we, we well, we use apps and we but we have a driver yeah. 5 days a week who and the boys are now yeah. this was another challenge of course trying to you know navigate all of this but the boys are now in daycare or black preschool so the driver comes yep. our beautiful driver who we've used for years and years and years and he has his own car. So he comes and picks up the boys and we take them to school in the morning or we call it school, it's really daycare, and then picks them up in the afternoon and he's kind of around during the day if we need to go and get water or, you know, any of those big kind of things. Yeah, you need to go to a meeting or you need to anything Yeah, yeah, we kind of let him, you know, just if it's a big thing, I would prefer to be on the bike. It's just quicker and easier. But, yeah, that's probably the the biggest thing, just that flexibility and just being able to get out and go somewhere. But And has there been any issues with, like, I know people with babies worry about the water or insects or, you know, the things that you probably don't worry about as much for yourself but you worry more about when you have younger kids. Yeah, here. look, I um, I worried about all of those things before we came yeah. and I <laughs> mum called me the travelling pharmacist. Like I literally have a lotion or a potion <laughs> for everything. Um, but once you get here, so, yeah, like I feel like I've, I'm prepared but in terms of the yep. boys, you know, I was like, they cannot get a mosquito bite. They can't, you know, touch the water. They can't put it near their mouth. You know, I've got two two two-year-olds yep. that, you know, have a bath and they throw water on each other and, you know, drink the water. They've been fine to touch wood yep. to this point. The mozzies, you know, it's a bit inevitable. We've bought, you know, mosquito patches and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, I remember doing that. Mosquito the bracelets, bracelets, the patches. <laughs> you walk into their bedroom and it's like you can hardly breathe. The coils You're are like, burning oh. 24 hours a day. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like it's not, It's never as bad. The anticipation of all of that stuff is always worse. And once you get here, you kind of find your groove and you know what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. It just the, you know, I guess just being really conscious of the water and stuff. But in like food here is is so cheap and it's so healthy and just the boys have adapted amazingly, brilliantly. And so are you cooking or are you buying? Um, a bit of both. The cooking has definitely started to stop or slow down. <laughs> I think initially it's just hard to get out of the routine. <laughs> yeah, of what you're yeah, used to Yeah, like I'm used to cooking them meals and making sure they're healthy. But one of the biggest things for us is that they are eating so much more. So I'm like, I'm not cooking all these meals. And healthy food's so accessible. <laughs> I'm like, you know, yeah, Bali Buddha and to get. Um, Colony and yep. Yukamadu, like they all do such great food. Good, great, yeah, that is suitable, that for, is suitable kids for kids too. Yeah. So, how are the boys adjusting? It's their first time to Bali, so and I know, I know the locals must be all over them, especially being twins. And of course, the heat—I can't even remember Bali being as hot as it is 
right now. How are the boys coping with that? It is so hot, isn't it? Like it's not just me adjusting. Like it's It's really ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally sitting in the room I record in that doesn't have an air conditioner and the fan is too noisy to have on and I look like I've just finished a (laughs) I just constantly (laughs) walk around sweating and I'm like, I'm sure people are like, are you okay? (laughs) Like I'm just adjusting. It's okay, guys. (laughs) No, it's even hot for us, so it must be hot for you coming yes, from Melbourne. Yeah, it, it is. It feel it feels really warm. Um look, apart from just being sweaty messes, they're they're fine. Like, you know, we were in a tricky situation back in Melbourne, I guess, with timing and and kind of just being in this limbo state. So things like daycare they weren't going to in, in Australia and they were almost two and they were so ready and yeah. As soon as we got here, that was like one thing I wanted to make sure that they were doing straight away just to get routine and, and some structure and, and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, they're in there, they've been there for three weeks. They love it. They have their development and stuff has has just it's unbelievable to watch. Yeah. So you can really notice yeah. the difference. And they're really they're just really happy, which I like obviously I'm so so glad about. I was worried about, you know, the transition and such a huge change and but I think they were also at the right age you know I've we've got a couple of friends yeah. that have come over and that have kids a little bit older and they yeah are, are struggling a little bit more because they recognize that they're not at home and stuff like that but our kids yeah. don't really know yet so <laughs> yeah kids are so adaptable though I mean we moved our kids over at you know, seven and 11, and they completely changed their whole lives from going to a regular school to doing online school to, you know, and we were, we are always still amazed at how quickly they just adapt. I think kids are much better at it than adults. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's quite um, amazing. So. And what about business? So the wedding planning business, are weddings back or wedding inquiries coming in? It's back. It is back, baby. Like Bali's back, weddings are back, <laughs> everything's back. It's, yeah, just like amazing how quickly things have turned. And I just, yeah, yeah. as as for you as well, like just all of a sudden. Oh, I am puffing. I am like, oh, my goodness, what is this? It's crazy. <laughs> what is this full-time work I know, <laughs> I know, but it's so good and it's so good to be, to be back, for, I mean, for for my business for long table events, it's it's great for our couples that have had to postpone. You know, they've waited a really long time, so for them to feel yeah, confident, a really such long a summer, time. You know, I was talking yeah. to one of our brides the other day, and she was saying that this is four years now in the making. Their wedding, oh, post- yeah, oh gosh. Yeah. What a party it will oh, be, though. I know. It's going to be epic. So, yeah, it's going to be great for all those those couples that have been waiting for so long and just to know now that it will actually happen. And also, yeah, yeah new. it's really exciting to be speaking to new couples, new business, and just feel that, you know, that it's really growing and coming back and we're actually really busy for 2023. So if anyone wants to get married... <laughs> Let me know now because we're nearly Book it in now. <laughs> nearly fully booked. <laughs> but it's so good. I mean, it's just the complete vibe that's here on the island. Like, you know, uh, even some of the resorts we work with, they're like, oh, Carly, we have to take our day pass offer, offer off your website now because we're too yes. full 
to accept day visitors wow. anymore. And we're like, oh my goodness, that is a good sign. I mean, that's great. It's it's great for them. It's so exciting to to hear and and see those things happening. And also, you know, for two years I could walk down the street here and never hear transport, yep. transport, massage, massage. And now, like every time I walk down it's- the street, and um, <laughs> and which is quite funny, you know, it's quite it's it's. It's quite unique for us because we haven't had that in in so, in so long. Or we turn up to our favourite restaurant that we're used to, like Brady and I go walking every morning and, you know, we're just used to every morning when if we go to have breakfast at our favourite little restaurant that our little table is it's waiting for us. And, you know, the last couple of times we've turned up and there's people <gasps> sitting on our table and we're like, no. hang on a minute. How rude. <laughs> You're like, what's going on? And we, have, we always have a little chuckle to ourselves that like, oh, we have to get used to sharing by I know again and it's now. a double-edged sword um, isn't it because you're like yes like it's busy yeah. and there's people coming back all of but us, can I please have my table yeah. thanks <laughs> I know all of us expats who have been so so spoiled the last two years it's like we've all gone yeah we I mean it's great and we love it and we love seeing the locals yes. so happy and but yeah we're like okay we have to get used to this now like even Krista my daughter who does aerial silks over in Changu every Wednesday you know we would leave 45 minutes for the driver to take her over there and now we've had to extend that to an hour an hour and 10 minutes for him to get her there because oh, of, of the traffic. Yeah definitely well that's one of the things that you know we've been hearing before coming back to Bali and also you said so often like it's so nice like the traffic it's you know, we can get around and we can get here in like this amount of time. And then when we got back, I'm like, what's she talking about? Like this traffic is what a is she nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see any difference. <laughs> it's stopped. Yeah, you came back, you missed you missed the low traffic yes. area. <laughs> That's gone now. Well, we're so glad to uh, have you back. I can't wait to have catch up, which is definitely happening. Happening. When does the nanny start? She, she starts, starts this weekend, on Saturday. Right? Look out, girls' lunch. <laughs> yeah. So now we can finally book in our our girls' lunch and sort out. We're so used to recording separately. We need to actually sort out like tech technology-wise, how we're doing yes, it together. Yes, <laughs> we definitely do. And maybe we can video it so everybody can um, like, or maybe we don't. <laughs> maybe that's oh, getting a bit of a head of I'm ourselves. always looking so <laughs> not know. extra when, I know. <laughs> when we record. It is it is not a glamorous look. Like I'm literally sweating. I know, that sweaty thing we were talking in my about. Ward. But, yeah, so I can't wait to lock in the long lunches. We have some guests yes. planned for our, our, next, our next podcast and we're trying to get ourselves in a routine so we can we can get it to you more regularly but thanks for sticking with us everyone with and sending your questions through we've we've loved we've loved that you're you're chiming in and listening in and even some people who have only just discovered the podcast have just started listening it's great um, yeah there's going to be so a keep lot the, keep of new interviews we've got a list of of great people doing lots of different things so i think yeah for anyone new it's it's a really good time to have discovered us which is really exciting and thanks for being with us. Now, our charity shout-out today is Bras for Bali. They are a group of Australian women who help to collect your old bras and they distribute them out to Balinese villages. So if you are interested in, in donating some of your old bras to the Bras for Bali project, you can um, click the link in our show notes. And I think that's about it for yeah, today. Yeah, that's, that's it. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> 
it's been great, <laughs> but no, in all all, all seriousness, it's um, so good to be back. It's great to be back recording, and I can't wait to do lots more episodes together. Now we're now we're back. And make sure you're tuned into our socials. When we finally get to see each other in person for our lunch, we'll be sure to (laughs) post it on the stories. And send in if we've missed any of the questions you'd like to ask Em about returning to Bali or if you have some suggestions about who you'd like to see on the pod or, or topics you'd like to see covered, just send them through to our socials. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bali Insiders. If you love the show as much as we loved making it, please subscribe and give us a review. You can also follow us on both Facebook and Instagram at Bali Insiders and stay up to date with what's really happening in Bali. Until next time, terima kasih. Sampai jumpa lagi.